Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast brought to you by BetOnline.com. I'm Bill Wagner, your host, longtime sports writer with the Capital Gazette newspapers and the Baltimore Sun. Been covering Navy athletics uh, for about almost 30 years now. And I covered both of my co-hosts, Eric Catani, was a great fullback for Navy. And then Keenan Reynolds was a record-setting quarterback. And I thoroughly enjoyed covering both of them. And since they are such great players for so long during their careers, I got to know them pretty well. And hence, we are doing a podcast together and people are loving it. Uh, So, guys, we're breaking down the loss to Memphis. Very disappointing. They go to Memphis, Tennessee, Liberty Bowl, lose 35-17. to The story of the game was big plays. And as I wrote in my recap, it was obvious from the very first play of the game the Navy was going to have a hard time stopping Memphis. Uh, Quarterback Seth Hennigan opened the game. Very first play of the game, he hit wide receiver Jason Ivory over the middle for a 49-yard catch and run. And that was just the beginning of, of many big plays. Uh, Memphis rolled up 415 yards of total offense. Uh, Eddie Lewis had a 74-yard touchdown reception. Navy safeties got caught looking in the backfield, and he just ran right by him. Calvin Austin, who's a All-American sprinter for the Memphis track and field team, they gave him a reverse. Nobody laid a glove on him. He turned the corner, went 69 yards, untouched for a touchdown. And then there was a 51-yard pass to wide receiver Kobe Drake that set up a touchdown. So before we go into talking about Navy's offense and what they did and didn't do, let's kind of talk about the Navy defense. And I'll just quickly say that it did not appear that defensive coordinator Brian Newberry used his three-high safety look very often. And I believe that's because Kevin Brennan, the senior captain the best safety on the team was injured. He did not play due to shoulder injury. And I think without their their veteran captain on the back end, uh, I don't know that they felt like they could coordinate safety look with a bunch of young guys, but I don't know that for sure. We'll be talking to Coach Newberry on Tuesday, and I'll be asking him further about what happened. But guys, what did you see in terms of the Navy defense and those big plays were just flat-out killers? Let's start with Keenan. Yeah, so I got the film up right now. Um, to your point, uh, Bill, they started the game out in this three safety look, and knowing that that uh, the, the senior captain uh, Brennan was was injured, <clears throat> I could see why uh, Coach Newberry, after watching this clip of that first play that you talked about, I see why he got out of that three safety look very quickly. I just want to break down this play, right? So. They started out, Memphis started out in a bit of a twins look. So there's two receivers on each side. They brought motion over to trips. And basically they pumped a quick screen. It just ran like a simple little pump and go. So the, the, the guys fake blocking, stalk, fake the stalk block, and then he just ran right down the middle of the field. What happened on this play? We had four players trying to take away the flat, the flat pass. We had our inside backer. We had what looks like an outside backer, but he could be a dime player. I don't know specifically how they classify him in a defense. And in the corner, all were there. So basically, we have three three on three to make this play, and really three on two because one of the guys is catching the ball to, to, make, to rally and make this play. But what happens is the single safety decides he wants to, to come up and, and, and make a great play, which – even if he, even if they do throw the screen, he's not going to make the play because he's not going to be able to get there to make get there fast enough. Somebody, the line, either Diego and in the inside backer or the 
outside backers gonna make the play. Anyways, he he gets his head stuck in stuck in the backfield. The the point guy st- fakes the stalk block and goes straight down the middle. Now, let's say that's his job. I'm my next question is what's the backside safety doing? Nowhere to be found. Single receiver to that side. If his key is a single receiver, if you watch what the single receiver did, he didn't even run a route. He just took off running down the line of scrimmage. So I'm like, where are you guys eyes at? It can't be. I know Coach Newberry ain't teaching that because what I'm seeing on film does not look like something that he teaches based on how I've seen his defense perform. So I think that's my first question is these big plays. They're not scheming us up. They're not. We're not sub subpar athletes. We're just completely out of position and have no idea where our eyes are. So really disappointing now that I've actually been able to sit down and slow the film down and watch it frame by frame. Really, really disappointing. Well, I discipline was definitely an issue. And on that 74-yard touchdown where the guy got behind the defense. Same thing. The exact same look. Two safeties are sitting there staring into the backfield, flat-footed, and the guy's running right past them. Now, the John Marshall got on the post-game press conference, and he tried to say something about they, they run RPO, and the quarterback, Hennigan, was holding the RPO really long. He was waiting a long time to decide whether to give or keep, and they're trying to say that that's caused them a major problem. Eric, what are your thoughts on what we saw defensively out of Navy in this game? I think Keenan hit everything on the head with that. Um, <clears throat> I called us being Memphis. You know, I, I apologize. I, we look good for a little bit, long drives and stuff like that, but – I think the short week and injuries got us. You know, like Keenan said, the short week, physically, we weren't there. Um, you know, Ty, I noticed at the beginning of the game, like he didn't look like, you know, Ty the guy, the, you know, the, the person we want. He looked banged up. You know, he was slow to get up off the ground after plays, people helping him up like that. The short week injuries and then more injuries throughout the game. You know, really, really, you know, when, when Ty got pulled, it was like, okay, you know, what's going to happen with this? And then with the big plays and the big plays and then the more big plays, it just, it's so hard on our offense and more importantly on the short week physically and our defense, you know, being out there, you know, so long, you know, so it's hard. And then, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, the bigger picture is, you know, now we have Cincinnati, number two in the nation. They are a very, very, very good team. And then let's even look ahead, Tulsa. The week after. On the road. On the road, but Memphis beat Tulsa 35-29. No, no, Tulsa beat Memphis. Tulsa, Tulsa beat Memphis. And then Memphis. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. A very, very good team. And then after that, this team called Notre Dame. In South Bend. In South Bend. So, <sighs> Eric, I don't I'm know what Chuck was doing with the schedule, but <laughs> this schedule is not Navy football schedule. This schedule is not to help the players. This schedule is very – if I was a player <sighs> – You know, I, Eric, I'm, I'm, a dis, I'm disagreeing with you right here. And this is the first oh. time I think we've disagreed. Oh. And I'm going to tell you what I disagree on. I don't think eye discipline and assignment is directly correlated with the short week. Like, the, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like – I understand what you're saying, 100% short week. Trust me, me and you both, of all people, know what it's like – I've, we've both played on Thursday or Friday where you have that quick turnaround. And especially when you come from a game where you're like getting after it and you got to come back the next week and get after it again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand that, but I don't think that we can use that as a crutch for 
and, I, and you may not even be doing this, but I'm just making sure to make it clear to all of our listeners that um, the stuff that I'm like that I'm watching, like just the simple, like I know for a fact that's not the technique they're being taught or mm-hmm. how they're supposed to play that coverage. Like but which player are you talking about? Which are you talking about the, the the freshman safeties that Bill and I were talking about before? These these guys are 18 years old that aren't, aren't really in the they're not fully developed yet, right? As as, as full players in the, at the college level, right? So that short week they might not be you know mentally there yet. You know how it is in the pros. You have short week. Hey, you're ready, right? You know this is the business. You know business being here. If, if you're not taking care of your body, take care of your mind, take care of everything else. You know are, are these guys ready? You think? You know, I mean, I. <sighs> Part of me, part of me, part of me, one hundred percent. Like, here's your argument. It's like, you know, damn, that's actually a pretty good. That's a pretty good point. But the other half of me says, you've been there. You've been in a room the entire season. It isn't like you just joined the team last week. You know exactly what what that defense is, and you know how you're supposed to play it. So yes, we have young guys. Yes, we have guys with with not a lot of experience. But at the end of the day, that's why you have to be ready to rock. Like the, 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 the overarching theme of this entire thing is this, the schedule don't get no easier. We've clearly pointed out that they have <laughs> a, a freight train coming toward them over the next few weeks. But what's, I think now that I think about this and listen to your points, watching the film, what's missing, what what's going to have to get better is our young guys are going to have to have the mindset that they're going to play this year because yeah, guys, right. guys, are, yeah, yeah. guys aren't guys. It's the days of being a freshman and you might dress and you might not play. You can hang that up. It ain't, that ain't, it's not, it's not the same Navy. You come in as a freshman in this, in this conference where you getting banged. I mean, you're playing high quality football weekend and week out. Guys get banged up. I mean, we see it from the first game, every single game. Somebody's getting banged up, and we and what we don't see is what happens when we get when you finish the game and you have ailments that get worse when when the adrenaline wears off. Me and Eric both have been there. Like you, you don't think you're injured until at the end of the game. You're like, wow, like something's pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. Our young players are going to have to come in with the mentality that they're going to play this year. I think that's what has to start. Like there's the the whole process of I'm a plebe. I'm not going to see the field. Nah, that's over with. We, this is big boy ball now. Yeah, like we, we're not playing no Rudy Poo army schedule. So I'll, I mean? I'll play. I'll play the devil's advocate against you with this one and, and Bill and Christian like this. So when I was a plebe, you know, I came in, you know, to boot camp, plebe summer, two thirty five, Jack. <clears throat> I got mono. I lost thirty pounds. <laughs> I show up at camp with shin splints as a freshman. I'm like, I can't play against these guys. I had a linebacker like pick me up, like a little child, and just move to the side. I'm like, what is this? So I'm playing the opposite side. You know, I'm not sure. Like, hey, these guys might not be physically ready at the, at the, at the bodies of hey, these, like, like we talked about earlier, right? With the kids transfer with JUCO, these grown yeah. men. So hey, I, I, I agree. both sides of this. You know, I, I definitely agree with that, but I, I think. At the end of the day, like, what can we control? What can you control? You can control your preparation mentally. Your at job. The of, yeah. At the at the end of the day, like, you know, yes, we're not. I'm not saying that you're going to come in day one, plebe summer, and be able to lock up the number one receiver for Cincy by yourself on an island. Nobody's expecting that. I don't even think that's that's not even realistic for people that train all the high school. But that, but being the whole plebe summer thing, like, we're in game what? That was game six. So yes. you're halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. You've had a whole camp and six weeks of, of preparation week in and week out. So when you get your opportunity from here on out, those young guys, they have to have the mentality like, yo, I could be in the fold very mm-hmm. soon. 
one play. You're always one play away. So your preparation, it can't be. If you're on that varsity field, if you're not running scout, you have to prepare like you're going to play on Saturday, on Saturdays. And I don't think I don't, I'm not sure I could be wrong, but I don't think that that mentality has has fully set in amongst our young players just based on like the translation from I, how I know they prepare in Navy and then what we see on on film on Saturdays. Well, I think you're both right to some extent. Number one, that you're right, Keenan, that these young guys have to be ready to play. And number one, it's because they're getting guys are getting injured. And that's who's up. And but you're right also, Eric, in that and these guys are still learning on the job and trying to figure it all out. And we saw against Memphis some young safeties make some really bad mistakes, poor eye discipline, poor technique. And that's a big reason for the big plays. And I don't think Kevin Brandon's coming back against Cincy. I got bad news. Um, he he's I think he's uh, Coach Neamot said here on Monday's presser, it doesn't look good for Kevin. So they're going to have to roll with some young guys, and these young guys got to get better in a hurry. Um, real quick, I'll take a break to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.com. And this is a great time for uh, the betters like our producer, Chris Cervello. And, Chris, uh, I don't think you won against Memphis, did you? <laughs> I, I did not win. I, uh, I, took the, I took the points and the over, and I lost on both. Yeah, I kind of figured That's out. Right. What you're doing. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't, you know, but you've been on a roll. You've been doing real well. Well, now we're in basketball season about to start up. So the, the real gamblers would have football, pro and college, and basketball, pro and college to bet. Uh, so bet online remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. Believe 50, that's B L E A V 5050, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and U- UFC, right to your famous Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, fellas, we were talking about injuries. And I asked Coach Nehemiah about Ty Lavatai, the starting quarterback, and looked like he uh, at least went into concussion protocol. I don't want to say he suffered a concussion because I don't know that, but he went into concussion protocol, and that's why he did not return to the game. He uh, got sacked, and his head violently hit the turf as he was brought down. But Coach Nehemiah said today that they are hoping that they believe that Ty can play against Cincy. So it was a classic Navy football drive, 21 plays, 75 yards, took almost 12 minutes off the clock. It is the longest drive in terms of plays and time of possession since the historic Emerald Bowl drive. And I don't know if you guys watched that back in the day. I was actually going to say that with Kyle Eichel and Aaron Polanco. Uh, all those guys, they're, they're, they're covered in mud in San Francisco. I remember watching that game when I was getting recruited. Uh, yeah, no, that, was I, I, that was one of the best drives I've seen. I'm like, are these guys still in the field? It was unbelievable. <laughs> I like three yards. Bang, right. bang. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what was, what was, that, what was the guy? Is it Frank, Frank Divis? Yeah. Well, I think what made that drive really cool is they, they got a couple penalties that brought them back. And so they had to like drive a you know, certain yardage again. Uh, but it was classic. I was there. It's at the uh, baseball stadium in San Francisco. And 
You're right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Muddy day. It, it rained and there was a mud field. And the funny thing about that drive is it ended in a field goal. It didn't even produce a touchdown. But that was like 24 plays, I believe. But so that drive was classic Navy. And you're thinking, okay, well, Navy, Memphis got a quick strike touchdown. They scored in like minute, you know, two minutes, 30 seconds on their first possession. But we just took off the rest of the first quarter. And it's now the second quarter. And so everybody, you know, you're thinking, oh, well, Navy has a chance. And then later in the game, in the second half, there was a 14-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. So they had two long touchdown drives. The problem, guys, was that was the only two. There were no other touchdown drives. They had eight total possessions. Now, I think two of them ended with Navy holding the ball at the end of the first half and the end of the second half. But the bottom line is they didn't get anything done on any other possession. Um, so let's. what did you see with the offense? I mean, what really is frustrating to Navy fans and to a media guy like me is that clearly this offense has it in it to, to drive the field and make plays. I mean, you don't drive 75 yards in 21 plays and take 12 minutes off the clock if you don't have the ability. Why is it so inconsistent? Why do they do that one possession and then come back the following possession and either not get a first down or only one first down in their punt? Why are this, Why the inconsistency? Keenan, go. It's mental. I mean, that's that's the the big uh, in uh, aha light bulb moment that I had, and I didn't really have it like until I like sat down and broke the film down. And that's where I just see like I just see little stuff like it's I mean, it's bad. All it takes is one person with one one slight little mishap or or bad technique in the way that they perform. Um, Example, uh, the touchdown pass, they ended up calling it back. They ended up being a field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That. That play, right, as ticky-tack as you want it. I mean, you could really make the case that that was a ticky-tack penalty, and you can make the case that there were several ticky-tack-ish horrible. penalties. Those refs, uh, <laughs> horrible. I mean, they, they were, they were, they were, they were trigger happy. The, the fall on the ground clipping, helmet off, yeah, the helmet off the touchdown. That's a different, yeah. different story right there. So, 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 but, but hear me out right here, right? The one thing they, that they always teach you at every level is you cannot – Allow the refs to dictate anything. You have to be beyond reproach when it comes to your technique and the way you carry out. I mean, that is a reality that I, any football player can attest to have, have being taught in the film room. On that play where he fell down, I don't know what better could have more cleaner, uh, more precise technique kept allowed him to keep his balance because it looked like the guy kind of caught him off guard with how fast he crashed. And when you get caught off guard, I've, I've had to make that specific block before. <laughs> it's not an easy block. I'll just throw that out there. So I 100% understand what that's like. But when your footwork is bad, when you're not anticipating, you things penalties happen. You get That's how you get the block in the backs. That's how you fall. That's how you miss blocks when you're not technically sound. So I think as bad of a call as it was from a penalty perspective, the technique 100% could have been better. But the point is, it's like, oh, well, that's just one thing. But that's seven, yeah. point, that's seven points. And that's all it takes. Like, it literally only takes one minor misstep, misjudgment to cost you a game. And then if you make 
two or three of those throughout the course of the game, you can't over if you're you're not that we're not good enough to overcome that yet. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to be, especially the teams we're playing. We're not playing, you know, Towson. We're not playing Savannah State. Like we are playing. We're about to have a top five team come to Annapolis this weekend. So you cannot make that mistake. Period. Yeah. Well, I think it's it, it's a product of our players. That that uh, clipping penalty was called on Kamari Williams, who's a wide receiver, has not gotten a lot of live reps at receiver. Yeah. His feet are below him. His feet were, he, was, he wasn't running through. He wasn't expecting that. You're right, Keenan. Well, and also, you're not supposed to be blocking back toward the ball. That is a new rule that you can't be blocking in from outside. So he really shouldn't have been going that way to block a guy anyway. Because it could have, if he ended up executing the block, could have been a penalty just because that's now illegal to block from outside in is part of the new rules. But and then another young player, Tyler Fletcher, freshman outside linebacker. Now, how did he get his helmet knocked off? That wasn't called. That was a hands to the face by an offensive tackle. He shoved his hand up into the guy's helmet, knocked it off. But Tyler Fletcher is a plebe playing his whatever third game, and he doesn't know the rule that you're not allowed to participate without your helmet. So he's running down the field to celebrate Diego Fago's pick six, and he gets called for participating without a helmet, which in my view – bad. That's why you don't call back a touchdown for that crap. Yeah. That, he was not involved with the play at all. Tyler yeah. Fletcher got his helmet knocked off by a tackle. Fago is already scoring the touchdown by this point, and all he did was run down the field – no, but he wasn't near any other player. He was not endangered in any way. And to yeah. me, poor referee, you overlook that, and then you walk up to Tyler Fletcher and you say, look, brother, future, you can't participate without a helmet. Your helmet gets knocked off, take a knee. But he took a he touchdown. Can't kick like that. He's, he's, he's a freshman. He's 18 years old. He's excited. It's his first game playing. He realized the helmet was probably off, to be honest. He's like, okay, cool, touchdown, let's go. Yeah, I, that, I, that's, that's a ref's fault. Yeah, that, I think this, man, making that making that call, making that judgment, and he knew better after he threw the flag too. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. But I, I personally, that's like the one penalty that I will be okay. Like I would cut a guy some slack for. Like it's a huge penalty. Like obviously, we, we need those seven points change the, the outlook of the game, right? But but like you teach your players to go over to the whistle. You know, what I'm saying to play till you like to play snap to, from ball snap to the ref, ref blows the whistle, and so it's it's almost instinctual. Um, especially for a young player who's just trying to do everything right for effort to play hard. And so his helmet comes off. Like he's not saying he's not having a thought process. He's not there yet to where he's having a thought process. Oh, my helmet's off. I can get a flag for this. Let me chill. Like, it's not like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are probably still functioning with their helmet off. It's just, it's reactionary. You're not really thinking you're just kind of living, you know, you're playing. So I, I mean, I, that's the one penalty where I'm like, you know, that that's that's terrible. Like you can't you don't call touchdowns back for something like that. That's but so guys, later in the week we'll preview the Cincinnati game and take a look at you know what Navy has to do to try to even compete with the number two team in the country, a team that is trying to get into the college football playoff and become the very first group of five conference school to ever make the college football playoff. And they're on a mission and they're not gonna have a letdown. Don't don't even Hope that Cincinnati is going to come in here overlooking Navy and have a letdown because they're on a mission. They got a larger goal and they're steamrolling everybody in their path. But we talked about this on the Sing Second Sports podcast when we did our 
Chihi Lexus of Annapolis uh, post-game report. Um, and Chris Rello is the one that broached the subject. Where do you go from here? You're one and five. Your season is spiraling out of control. You already said Cincinnati's going to be be a big ask if you if the odds makers are right and Cincinnati's a 22 and a half point favorite. Cincinnati wins. You're one and six, one and three in the American Athletic Conference. Then you go on the road to Tulsa. Then you got to play Notre Dame. I mean, it's just where do you go from here, guys? What what's the answer, Eric? Why don't you lead us off this time? And then pass it off to Keenan as to what happens now. Chris Cervello opined that it's time to look ahead to Army. You beat Army. You play young players. You get them ready for next year. So it's look ahead to Army, look ahead to 2022. I don't think that Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former players, see it that way. Yeah, that's that's a note for me, Chris. Um, before we start that, though, um, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Slotbag. Uh, number 25, he played lights out. He played absolutely. Carlinos AC. He's I know. AC, he's, he's, having a good, he's a good player. He showed up. So I want, I want to you know, say that first. You know, he he, he showed up. Um, you know, the stats for Ty weren't good. You know, 17 for 28 yards, 1.6 yards of carry. You know, as a quarterback, he didn't, you know, that doesn't win ball games. Um, but where do we go, Chris and Bill? That's a question, you know, that, you know, if, if I knew the full answer, I'd be getting paid a bunch of money. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be coaching, coaching the division one level. Um, but that's not going to happen. Chris Navy's never a team like that. Plus, you know, the, these seniors, you know, they're, they're playing for, this is our last time playing, right? You know, a lot of these guys are not going to go to the NFL. They're not going to the next level. So this is, this is their career. This is their journey. This is what they've been training for, you know, their whole lives. So you know, I don't see that happening. And I don't see them putting in freshmen, you know, this early in the season, especially against a number two Cincinnati. If we do shock the world and we do beat Cincinnati, the number two team, I think that cures a lot, a lot of issues. A lot of things are going to happen, right? Because now Navy is now on SportsCenter. We are the Appalachian State that beat Michigan. You know, we are the ones that shocked the world. Because no one's going to give us a shot. I'm guessing the spread, Chris, is what, 30? No, it's 22 and a half for now. That's it? For number two? Wow. Well, Navy's at home. I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of points. What do you say, Chris? Isn't that a lot of points? That's not a lot of points. No way. Yeah, I thought it would be higher. I, I really did. I thought, I thought it would be higher. I'm just saying, for, look, 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 they beat Temple, what, 53 to three or something like that? They've, they've scored over 50 points on their last two opponents. And those Central Florida was one of them, which we know Central Florida is pretty good. And that's Temple, what, oh, by the way, beat Memphis. So that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. You know, they're they're that Cincinnati's a very, very good team. So hey, you know, I don't think we're gonna shut down at all. You know, if we're we are focused for Army as always, but you know, Coach Neamon is a, has been around forever. He's a veteran, he's a one of the best coaches of all time. He is not shutting down. He's focused on Cincinnati, he's focused on winning this game. And moving forward, do you agree, you know, you know, you know this coaching staff. What are they thinking? I mean, are they shell shocked on what has happened to this season? Where are we going? Or are they just steady as she goes? You know, I, I think um, they will present just based off of what I know of them. They're they're not going to allow there to be any letdown from a preparation standpoint. They're going to continue business as usual, right? Obviously, we know this weekend is 
tall task. But, you know, we beat a number six team at home before. And, you know, obviously I know those are different times, different team, different players. But, you know, the the key is I, I don't even know who knows if they win or if they lose. Right. But I just want to see I want to see them win, but I also want to see them be competitive throughout the through through 60 minutes. And it can start by just let's let's not make it easier on Cincinnati. You know, let's let's not make the the hole we have to come out of deeper. That should be the first and the first priority. Like, let's just do our stuff. Like if they come in here and we, we're in our right spots and we're reading it right and we're running it and we're blocking it up and we can't move the ball. They're just out. But they're just out playing us. I can live with that. But what I can't live with is is mental busts, misreads, turnovers, self-inflicted wounds. I can't live with that. I can live with them coming in here and just beating us and being a better team. But not at the, but like if, if they beat us and we're out here giving them plays and one play drives and first play 60 yard, like I can't, no, no, I, I can't deal with that. So that what I'm telling them is like, you, you literally are in the best spot that you could be going up against a number two team. You have zero to lose and they, and you're, they're probably overlooking you. Then again, they might come in focus. Who knows? Who cares? But you really don't, you're literally, you have nowhere to go, but up at this point. So that's how I feel about that. And then also, Eric, I heard you, you mentioned a point about, um, about Ty in the 17 carries, 25 yards. I just, I don't know if he's back from the the knee. Like I agree. That's what I was saying in the first quarter. He, he didn't seem like the, that explosive, that pop, that move. Every time he's getting hit and that one play he got hit, it was his opposite. I believe the guy kind of came down on him funny. Yeah. And I was watching him like, He's not all right. He's, Look, he's, he's not. He right. hasn't looked. He hasn't looked explosive to me since he's been back in the lineup. Well, and, I agree. And and he got hurt on that twenty-one yard play of twenty-one play drive toward the end. Remember, Xavier Arline came in for the mm-hmm. final play that was yeah. the touchdown. Uh, I agree. And now he's also got concussion issues. So uh, before we head out, I always like to let our outstanding producer Chris Cervello have a couple thoughts and maybe ask the guys some questions. Chris, some thoughts from you. How do you get ready for um, a team that on paper is so much better than uh, than, than Navy? How, how do you get ready for the number three team, right? I mean, you you guys, you, you know, beat ranked teams, but you played on some very, very good Navy teams that had, um, you know, all the vectors in the right direction, uh, going in the right direction. Yeah, you know, that's not the case this week. So if you're the coaches, what what do you do differently? Or do you or you just keep it the same and and just work on the basics? Bill, do you remember the the Paul Johnson quote that he'd said it when we play, we were playing like number five Notre Dame? He's like he's like Notre Dame has you know 25 parade all Americans. He's like, I have a whole team that marches and parades. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, these guys. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the only one better than that was when I I said to Paul Johnson, if I asked you a question, will you get mad? And he goes, well, I can't say that because you haven't asked the question yet. I said, well, a fan sent me an email and he wanted to know, and I something basically about coaching or something, and his his response was classic and we may have to pull that up from the archives, but he basically said, 
If I ever blamed the players, that's what it was, blaming the players and not the coaching. If I ever blamed the players and not the coaches, I will kiss your ass downtown city dock and I'll give you two days to draw a crowd. <laughs> some of the, some of the one-liners, I've actually had a bunch of people text me, they're like, you should tell the, the one-liner that he said. I'm like, I don't think it's appropriate for the air, some of the stuff that Coach Johnson said to said to us. So, but to Chris, to answer your question, um, you know, I think what Keenan said, you know, we have nothing to lose, right? We, you know, we're in a spot that Cincinnati doesn't care about us. You know, we're, we're just Navy. They're showing up. They're probably getting ready for, you know, their next big opponent. So, I think this is a week. You know, if it's if if this is the time, you know, this is the time that you know to, to move the program a different direction. So, because if you, if we do beat the number two team in the nation, no one's going to talk about our record. They're talking about the team that beat the number two team in the nation. So, the way I would approach this is like the way I'm watching the film. The way I always approach every team was like, he's not even that good. Like that. That's how. I, like I respect, but my response is just like I don't really care. Like what you've done, who you play for, how, what your rank. So the players have to have that mentality. If they come in the mentality like, bro, we about to like these dudes is is they the truth or da da da. da it's not going to go well. No, um, I, I agree. I agree. And then, and then secondly, just to show you guys a little insight of from just, again, my time playing in NFL, got to see some interesting things. When we played, when I was in Seattle in 18, we played the Chiefs at home and they were undefeated at the time. Really, really good. Like this is when Pat Mahomes was like taking over, like really having his coming out party. It was a Sunday night game. Everybody knows it's a big game. We got Pat Mahomes coming to town, playing in the link. It's going to be, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be loud. Literally didn't feel that way at all. Like everything felt completely normal from the way we practiced to the way we prepped. They didn't talk about these dudes. Like they were world beaters. They were just like, they run this, they line up in this formation. This player likes to do this. This is how we're going to attack it on first, second, and third down. It wasn't any gimmicky plays. It wasn't a special game planning. It was literally just as regular as you can be. And then we went out and beat them. So if I'm a coach, if I and, and how I know they're they're doing it is I think coaching EMI is probably impressing them how good these guys are. Um, but the preparation, in my opinion, has to be business as usual. Um, and, and you might say, well, shoot, we're not, that's not working because we're not winning. So fair point. But I think uh you have to just the way you approach it, you don't put these guys on a pedestal. Like they're just another team. In my opinion, they're coming in, they're going to put their pads on, they're going to run out there and they're going to get ready to play just like we are. So I'm not going to put these guys and make them gods or make them the, the, the savior of college football. I could care less. We're going to prep. We're going to go out and we're going to try to win. Well, I think that's a attitude that senior wide receiver and team captain Michael Cooper has. Cause I asked him today, we had him on a zoom presser and I said, you know, do you think this is an impossible task? He said every team's beatable. You got to play our game. So I like that attitude. I hope it pervades the entire team. Uh, gentlemen, it's been another great podcast. I want to thank Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds and our producer, Chris Cervello. Uh, thanks for listening to Believe in Navy Football. We'll be back later this week with a preview of the Cincinnati game. Break that down. And we'll have our alumni spotlight with that episode as well. Thanks again for listening. Good night. 
If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.